1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL divisional round of the playoffs is here. If you want to place a bet on the NFL playoff action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it.
1: 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport it is, make sure y'all go to BetOnline.ag.
0: Four great matchups this weekend in the NFL playoffs, Ike. We're going to break it all down on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast. But before you, do, before you tune in and listen, head to betonline.ag. Check out the new de- updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, right off the top, I got to give you kudos. Mike Tomlin meeting with media members, season-end media availability on Tuesday. And if you watched our Monday show, I'm not even joking with you, Ike. It was like verbatim. What you said was going to happen for an all season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that's going to undergo major changes. It's going to be a new era of Steelers football in 2022 I got to give you kudos right off the top though because it was almost verbatim what coach Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday and what you had predicted on our show on Monday
1: Mark, all they got to do is watch our show you know i don't think I don't think I know everything I, I think I know a little bit. Poquito, if you talk Espanol, about football. I think I know a little bit about football and the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they go about their business. So make sure y'all tune in. Make sure y'all give us five stars as well.
0: Well, what this leads me to believe, Ike, is that you still have your sources from spending 12 years in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. I have my hunch on who you speak with. But again, if you, we, I read through Brooke Pryor's report. She's an ESPN reporter who covers the team. She's been on our show here on the Believe in Steelers podcast before. And I'm going through the report and I watched Mike Tomlin's media availability. I watched the media clips. It was like, yeah, Ike already told me all of this on Monday. Like, am I missing anything? Is there anything new? And it's just like, like I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about in looking for a quarterback. Tom and acknowledge that mobility is an important positional trait for whoever Big Ben's heir is in 2022. Something where, again, go back and watch our Monday show. And I I just got to say, maybe you're psychic. Maybe you still have great sources within the Steelers organization. I have my hunch on who you speak with. Not going to ask you out your sources, but you told told me everything Monday that we found out publicly on Tuesday. So thank you for that.
1: Mark, I'm just looking at what's going on in the AFC North. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at Baker Mayfield. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. I'm looking at Jackpot Joey. So when I look at Big Ben, I'm looking at the mobility part. And then when I look at how many years we are behind, I'm looking at we're about to be three years behind these superstars in the AFC North. So that's why I put my GM hat on, and I come up with what I talk about on this show.
0: Yes, the GM hat, Ike, whoever fills in for Kevin Colbert after the 2022 draft, it's going to have, we'll see whether it's Omar Khan or uh, uh, oh, the, other, the other scouting. Is it, is it Hunt? The, the name yeah. escapes me. Yes, it's not Yes, so I would expect it to be one of those two guys. But Steelers have the 20th overall pick in the draft, and so whether they go through the drafts and get a guy like I don't know, say Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett, North Carolina's Sam Howell, Liberty's Malik Willis, Ole Miss's Matt Corral, we'll see. I think those are four quarterbacks we're going to be highly touted come April's draft. If the Steelers decide to go that route and develop and get a quarterback ready while, say, Mason Rudolph starts the season and then they can pass it over to the rookie whenever he's ready or whether they want to go to free agency. Now, remember, Steelers have about $42 million of salary cap space, which is significantly more than what the team had last offseason. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach the quarterback situation, considering Ben Roethlisberger, 18 years. It's not something that the Steelers have had to really worry about for almost two decades now.
1: Yeah, it's it's with with the cap that they have from last year, which is a whole lot better. They still gonna restructure some some contracts to get some more cap space. Um when you wanna talk about quarterbacks, they're gonna go quarterbacks one with the mobility. Two, they already got two cold weather quarterbacks. Mason Rudolph, I don't think people understand, but you know, just coming from Oklahoma State, it does get cold around the wintertime. We all, we already know what Dwayne Haskins can do. When you play for Ohio State, that's the cold weather. So you got to look at, okay, Pittsburgh is a cold weather city. Usually teams as of now, when it comes to the AFC, they're in cold, they're in cold states when it comes down to November, December, January football. And when you travel, if you do travel on the road, you got to have a quarterback with a strong arm like a, like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, especially when the wind is blowing and all that. So they're going to take all that into consideration. So when you do look for a quarterback, and I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to look for a quarterback who knows how to play in the cold, who's mobile, but also has a strong arm.
0: And like the three free agents, well, not free agents, but the three veteran quarterbacks we power ranked on Monday's edition of the show, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. And then it, it kind of goes from there, whether it's the draft and then kind of everyone is underneath those top three. I'd put Wilson and Rodgers in kind of a 1A, 1B We'll see how all this shakes out in the offseason, something we will talk about quite a bit. Now, before we get into the news about both of the team's coordinators, Ike, one other bit of information that I thought was very important from Mike Tomlin's Tuesday media availability. There is not an active Steelers player due to have offseason surgery this offseason. That's huge.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. It's, it's, <laughs> that's that's Gary Guimont. So Gary Gimon is the strength and conditioning coach. So kudos to my hat, to Gary Gimont for keeping everybody pretty much healthy, keeping them intact. I know he's strong with the training room, and he always try to keep guys healthy, whether they got to sit a game or two. And at that level, man, you kind of got to police some of your players because players just want to play every Sunday, regardless on whether they hurt or not. But at this time, in this generation, man, you got to look further along down the road. I know T.J. Watt missed a couple of games. I'm sure he didn't want missing miss any games, but Coach T and that coaching staff and Gary Guimont and that training staff, they was looking like, hey, if we do make the playoff, we're going to need you 100%. Now, we saw what he did when we went to the playoff. So just looking at things like that, man, but that's surprisingly, Coming into offseason, they don't have to have any offseason. Juju Smith wound up getting hurt during the season. They said it was going to take six months. Could have been a season in, in the injury. He wound up coming back in three months. So that's letting you know how good that training staff is for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: We'll see what happens with a lot of the free agent players too. So whether it's Juju, whether it's Joe Hayden, again, we'll talk about that more and more throughout free agency. But Ike, Mike Tomlin hinted that defensive coordinator Keith Butler could retire. Now he's 65 years old. He's been with the Steelers organization for as long as you were there. Since 2003, he became the team's linebackers coach, then took over as the defensive coordinator in 2015. Uh, what I wanted to know, Ike, was, this was someone that you are familiar with having been and played in that locker room. Like what is your best Keith Butler story from your time with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I mean, he, he was sending
1: at the time. He was sitting none but outside, inside linebackers to the Pro Bowl, you know, we can start from Jason Gilded. I'm sorry. Something in my eye. We can start from, uh, Jason Gilden after Jason Gilden, it became Joey Porter after Joey Porter. It became um, James Harrison after James Harrison. It became a Larry Foot after Larry Foot It became a James Ferry after James Ferry. It became a Lamar Woodley after Lamar Woodley. It became a Ryan Shazer after Ryan Shazer. It became a T.J. Watt. So you can just go down the line of, of, of the head coach, I mean of the outside linebacker, inside linebacker, coach, coach Keith Butts, then he wind up being a defense coordinator on his specialty when it comes down to inside or outside linebackers. He just put everybody in the pro bowl and he probably going to have two to go to the hall of fame, three. So it'll probably be a James Harrison. It'll probably be a TJ White and it'll probably be a Joey Porter. So that's impressive. Uh, you didn't coach three guys, possibly that's going to make it to the hall of fame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can. (laughs) That speaks for itself. Now, I know Terrell Austin, the team's defensive backs coach, they could promote internally. However, I play a coach. I want to see the Steelers consider is Vic Fanny pack Fangio for the defensive coordinator position. And here's why he uses a three, four defensive front. And I know things didn't pan out in Denver with Fangio as a head coach. However, he was a very well-respected defensive coordinator when he was in Chicago that 2018 Chicago's, Chicago Bears defense was the best in the NFL. And then when he was in San Francisco from 2011 to 2014, they made the playoffs three years in a row and made a Super Bowl appearance. So you talk about, okay, he might not be cut out to be a head coach. And the Broncos have had quarterback struggles really since Peyton Manning left town. But as a defensive coordinator and his defensive knowledge as a defensive coach, I know the Steelers love promoting from within. And this is no knock on Terrell Austin, who is very well-respected amongst the Steelers' DBs. But I would like to see them at least consider Vic Fangio for what he brings to the table because when he's, at, when he's operating at full capacity, he's a very, very good defensive coordinator in this league. Mark, I
1: think you just hit it on the head, and here's why. you When you name the San Francisco 49ers, that's a 4-3 front. When you name the Chicago Bears, that's a 4-3 fu- front. When you let a Von Miller go and get some trades for Von Miller, that's a that's a four-three front, and then when Von Miller leaves, you go to a three-four front. So basically, what I'm what I'm saying is, regardless of my personnel, I can adjust to whatever I need to as a defensive coordinator. Instead of coming in and be like, "This is my defense. This is exactly what we're gonna do." So yeah, I agree with you 100%. Going on and get Coach Vic, because San Fran went to the Super Bowl. They had a good defense. Chicago, when he was a defensive coordinator, they damn had a good defense. And now everybody is looking at that young job for the Denver Broncos because they have young guys. All they need is a quarterback. But when you yep. want to look at defense with the uh with the Denver Broncos there on defense, they handle their business. So they just missing one piece. And that's the most important position at that quarterback position. So yeah, everybody's not built to be a head coach. Dick LeBeau, he interned for Buffalo. He was a head coach for Buffalo and Cincinnati. When they, let, when they let the head coach go. Dick LeBeau, regardless of his Hall of Fame status, he wasn't built to be a head coach. He was built to always be def- defensive coordinator. The same thing with Fannie Pack Vick. Fanny Pack Vick, he's going to be the same The same reason. Yeah, he tried head coaching. He's probably best suited to be a defensive coordinator. And I think you hit it on the head when we should. We should, and I mean in the Pittsburgh Steelers, need to get Fanny Pack Vick.
0: Fannie Pack Fanjo, I'm telling you right now, Ike, Whoever ends up hiring him as a defensive coordinator, if he even wants to coach, he might want to sit out a year. We'll see because he is a little bit older. I'm working to get his age right now. Uh, He is 63 years old, so he might want to take a year to recoup because he's been in Denver for several years. But the defense wasn't the problem. It was we can't find a quarterback to get into the game to win us football games. What he brings to the table defensively, Especially in the AFC West division where you got to go up against Mahomes and Herbert twice a year each to me the writing's on the wall right there whoever hires Vic Fangio I'm telling you right now will have a, in a much much better defense in the 2022 season mark my words yeah if coach
1: Keith Butts go um that would be the yes, perfect yes Pittsburgh still is to get back day.
0: yes and that's we'll we'll see how that shakes out again Mike Tomlin hinted at it that that was going to be the case. So we'll see now on the other side of the ball, another takeaway I had from Mike Tomlin's media availability on Tuesday, it appears that Matt Canada will remain as the Steelers offensive coordinator in 2022. And I'll, I know a lot of fans are frustrated about this, but I, I think it goes back to exactly what you were saying is let's see what he can do with some fresh legs at the quarterback position. And I was looking at the Steelers roster overall on the offensive side of the ball, Pittsburgh starts four rookies this past season. Pat Friermuth, Najee Harris, Dan Moore Jr., Kendrick Green on the offensive line. Kevin Dotson's a second-year player. Chase Claypool is a a second-year player. I mean, heck, Juju Smith-Schuster is like your veteran receiver. He's only 25 years old. Deontay Johnson's still on his rookie deal. It's a lot of youth on this side of the football for the Steelers. So Steelers fans might not be happy that Matt Canada appears to be sticking around in the 2022 season. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and see if he can make changes because the offense did regress compared to the 2020 season when Randy Feekner was the offense coordinator. If you look at the numbers, Ike, which I'll get into, but Steelers averaging 4.8 yards per play in 2021, down from 5.2 in 2020 when the team struggled. Now, I think part of the reason for that is, remember, in the 2020 season, Steelers started out 11-0, They were absolutely rolling on the front half of the season. So I think that some of those stats in 2020 might be a a bit inflated considering the Steelers won an 11-game winning streak before they finally lost in the 2020 season. But that's just kind of my thoughts about all of this. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Year two, though, it's a prove-it year. It's a prove-it year, and you've got to show improvements statistically what this offense can do. 44 yards in the first half of a playoff game is not acceptable. Year two is a prove-it year, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, which I think says more than what most Steelers fans are feeling right now, Ike.
1: I mean, Coach Canada, all he asked for is a mobile Joe Burrow, a mobile Baker Mayfield, uh, a mobile Lamar Woodley. That's all he asking for, because that's, that's the generation. If you just look at who's in the playoffs, other than the Tom Brady, and Tom Brady ran for his longest you know, rushing yards in one of them games earlier this year, you need a mobile quarterback because now these defensive ends and these linebackers, they're not big like they once was. They're, they're not sitting at 260, 270. These guys are 225, 240 max. When they're ready, they got their hand in the ground and their head on fire, they're ready to get to the quarterback. And the same way with offensive alignment. Offensive alignment they're not as big as they once was because you got to be able to move. Especially with them guys coming off the edges, you know. So yeah, that's what I was saying last week. Like, like Coach Canada, he said, "Man, give me somebody mobile." Like, I get it. Ben will be in the Hall of Fame. Ben has done enough. He's been with this organization for eighteen years. But at the same time, man, you give me somebody who can, who I can roll with, who I can move with, who I can do some RPOs with. Man, we give we giving a lot of these guys you just mentioned, Mark, the wide receivers, the the the. The tight ends, the, the young offensive linemen. So now when you go into the draft, you're like, okay, now we got depth at the offensive line. And you're like, why? The reason why we got depth is because we started a few rookies. We had some second year guys who are now going into the third season. So yeah, now they're gonna be on the road. Now our deficiency with some of these young guys, when you wanna talk about offensive line, you give me a mobile quarterback. Now we can kind of hide a mask some of that. You give me a quarterback who's who who's who, who who can't move in the pocket, it's going to be hard. So when you play a Kansas City Chiefs and they just want to blitz five or six because they know Big Ben ain't going nowhere, he's standing there like a statue, that's easy. As a defensive back, if I know the quarterback can't move, now it's truly 11 on 10. You get your mobile quarterback, then it becomes 11 on 11. Then you got to add a spot. Then one of your receivers like a Dante, Deontay Johnson, he's going to be wide open. Then you deep play guy like a Chase Claypool, He's going to eat on the outside. So that's how you you got to look at it. So, yeah, that's what I was saying. Give Coach Canada one more opportunity at this OC. Give him somebody with some mobility, and let's see what he can do there. But don't let the man go right now. I think it's unfair to him.
0: Ike, you mentioned this on our Monday show. You mentioned how with Big Ben as a traditional pocket passer and doesn't have the mobility he used to from an offensive standpoint you're playing 10 on 11 and in the modern nfl it's got to be 11 on 11 you at least have to account for the quarterback i'm not saying qb's got to be lamar jackson but to be able to move around extend plays pick up first downs when it's there ben at this phase in his career and it's no knock on him because he's headed to canton in the hall of fame but he just can't do that at this point in his career and it looks like Like, to me, any Steelers fans, oh, should we bring Big Ben back for 2022? That's an automatic non-starter for me. That's an automatic non-starter for me, Ike.
1: If you look at – Big Ben was ahead of his time. When we played, Mm -hmm. you know, Peyton Manning sat in the pocket. You know, Tom Brady sat in the pocket. Even a young Tom Brady, he sat in the pocket. Um, With Drew Brees, he he can be mobile, but he sat in the pocket. Big Ben, he extended plays you know what i'm saying and that's exactly what he did so for me now that we sitting here we talking about it seven was ahead of his time at the time then everything caught up with him then everything went and kind of reversed so seven became a pocket quarterback now in this generation you need a mobile quarterback and that's what it ends with the pittsburgh Steelers.
0: yeah and again this is no knock on big ben but it's right. just a result of playing 18 years in right. the league father times undefeated now, I go to the stats offensively, Ike. The Steelers' stats from 2020 to 2021 were all down, with the exception that the Steelers averaged nine more yards per game rushing the ball, and they did not finish last in the league in rushing. But points per game were down, yards per game were down, passing yards per game were down. The only one that improved overall in those four categories was rushing the ball. And so, again, I'm looking at these year-to-year numbers. I'm looking at a 16-game sample size and this year a 17-game sample size. It's not just one game. Look at, you know, the broad picture. Look at the force between the trees. And that's why, look, you've got to get Matt Canada the benefit of the doubt because it looks like he's going to be the OC in 2022. But, again, I go back to 2022 for me with Matt Canada is going to be a prove-it year. We'll see what happens. Now, speaking of other news around the NFL, there are four – NFL GM vacancies, Ike. And so like we did with the coaching carousel last week, we're going to talk about what the most appealing position will be. So the four vacancies are the Raiders, the Vikings, the giants, and the bears. Of those four, Ike, I know that you're very high on Chicago and Justin fields, but of those four Raiders, Vikings, bears, and giants, which is most appealing in your eyes. I'm
1: still sticking with the bears. I'm still looking at Justin Fields. I'm still looking at all, – all they need is a tight end. They got the receivers. They got a running back. They need a defense who can not stay healthy. And all, all, all you need now is, is, is a tight end, basically a tight end. You know, they need a tight end. They probably need to get a D tackle for, for, the, for the Bears. But other than that, give the man a, another receiver that he, he can groom and grow up with. Give him a tight end that he can groom and grow up with and get you a D tackle who can solidify that defense sitting in the middle. So that's exactly I'm still rocking with, still rocking with Justin Fields because I listen to what the players say about this young man. And they was talking nothing but sweet news when he came in and training camp. And it's hard to, yeah. to, to for a veteran. It's hard for a veteran to like a young guy because you feel like, man, this guy either coming in cocky or he needs to earn his stripes. The fact that he has offensive linemen, the fact that he had defensive linemen saying this guy is the one they are already seeing what we can't see because they see him every day. So that's why I'm sticking with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears because they're only missing a few pieces to get to get to where they need to get to. And that's at least the playoffs.
0: Defensive tackle will definitely be an area of need for the Bears, considering Akeem Hicks is due to become an unrestricted free agent, Ike. and. The, the parallel I would make for Steelers fans is Akeem Hicks is to the Bears defense. What Cameron Hayward is to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that force in the middle of the field where the defense really, really starts. So whether Chicago brings him back 32 years old, we'll see. Or if they don't, you've got to figure out a way to fill that void because he's been very stout when he's been on the field for Chicago struggle a little bit with injuries. Now, Allen Robinson, the receiver, also due to become an unrestricted free agent. But mm-hmm. if you let him walk, like you said, Ike, maybe you can draft a young receiver or get someone on the cheap to develop with Fields who's a little bit younger. Allen Robinson, a very well-established pro-bowl veteran receiver for the Bears. But the Bears also have $40 million in salary cap space this offseason. So they have the financial flexibility to do what they need to do to make upgrades there. Head coaching vacancy as well, so we'll see what happens in Chicago. We talk about a team undergoing a lot of changes. My don't, pick, Ike. Here, go ahead, Ike. Hop in.
1: Don't be surprised if Chicago get one of the Georgia Bulldogs. D-tackles. It's January nineteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. I'm gonna go out on and call it early. Don't be surprised if they pick one of them two big boys from the from the Georgia Bulldogs. Them winning the national championships, it fits perfect what they want to do. Regardless of what they what they want to go a three four a three four scheme or a four three scheme, them two guys can play either or a three four or four three. Watch what I tell you.
0: Jordan Davis is the player you're talking about for the Bulldogs, and then oh man, they it was like a who's who of like this guy's a first round draft pick, this guy's going to be a first round draft pick. This guy's going to be a first-round draft pick for that Georgia defense. You talk about, like, heat-seeking missiles and flying to the football, Ike. Like, I'm fired up now, man. Like, this this is great. Clairvoyant Ike Taylor? No, check that. Psychic Ike Taylor, January 19th. We're recording this January 19th right now. So I'm not even going to say if this happens. When this happens come April, I'm coming back to this clip and linking to it. Just be like further proof that Ike Taylor is a psychic. I appreciate you. I, uh, in terms of the vacancies, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with, uh, uh, away from the Bears. I'm going to go to another team in the NFC North division. Give me the Minnesota Vikings, and here's why. you got three great weapons, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, all under contract for several more years, all younger in their career. Aaron Rodgers across the division, 38 years old. Is he on his way out? Is he still disgruntled for the Green Bay Packers? We'll talk about that here in a second when we preview their playoff matchup. And Kirk Cousins is only under contract for one more season. So, if you can bring in the right quarterback to Minnesota with all the weapons that they have, a new head coach as well, Mike Zimmer's gone. I like that Vikings job considering the talent that you have on the offensive side of the football and what you can do if you bring in the right quarterback could be a marriage made in heaven for the Minnesota Vikings. I, I no. take the the Minnesota Vikings as most intriguing of all the GMs. Like the GM Vikings. No.
1: I mean, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. But yeah, they do got to get a quarterback.
0: And easier said than done. I'll I'll be the first to admit that.
1: I, I would take, I, I would consider, and I know the Baltimore Ravens still have Huntley rights, but I would consider Huntley. And if I'm the Minnesota Vikings, I would love to get a trade or trade for Huntley because now you have a motor quarterback. He had some experience last year with the Baltimore Ravens. His receivers will be two notches above in Minnesota than what he had for the Baltimore Ravens. And his defense wasn't bad at all. You give this guy who is mobile, Huntley, who is mobile, have some good experience. He has some some action and passing every week. Week to week, he was getting better when it came down to his passing game. So you give him a Justin Justin Jefferson – and some other receivers sitting over there and a the boy can move and you got Dalvin Cook sitting right behind him. <laughs> boy, I'm telling you, you get your offense coordinator to go 100 sitting in Minnesota with them receivers. They got over it up, but you're cooking with gas.
0: Cooking with gas. Like I love that. Weekly reminder. The giants do have two top 10 picks in the 2022 draft, but that salary cap situation, they're going to need to sort out. Good luck to the new GM because you've got about $77,000 in salary cap space, Ike. So whoever becomes GM has his work cut out for him. Let's go to the divisional round matchups, Ike. And we'll start with the first Saturday game. Bengals, Titans, Jackpot Joe, Ryan Tannehill, and our guy, Derek Henry, is due back for the Tennessee Titans. He looks good, too, in the the practice footage that I've seen. You know what the craziest stat I found, though, Ike? Dirk Henry still finished ninth in the NFL in total rushing, and he only played in eight games this season. The Titans like get it. back their star running back. He's absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, I don't think they need to rush him back just to play, though. You know, they already got formerly a little young at the running back position as well. You can just kind of give Derrick Henry, put him on the pitch count. So say, just get him a little feel, see how he feels totally. Um, I wouldn't go all out right now if I'm the Tennessee Titans with with Derrick Henry even though I know he's been practicing for a couple of weeks and they say he's been looking good right now between practice and actually game time, man, I wouldn't want to do that to him. But then again, you look at Cam Akers and company and see what the L.A. Rams has been doing, him coming from an Achilles <laughs> to come back during the season and see how he ran see how he ran a couple of days ago in the playoff game. But I get it, but that's what I would do if I was a head coach. I would put Derrick Henry under a pinch count because I know number seven former, has been running the ball as well. But I'm not going to bet against Jack Pacho. That's something I'm not going to do. And this one thing we really haven't been talking about, we haven't been talking about, the Baltimore, me, the Baltimore, the Cincinnati Bengals' defense. When it's time for them to lock up and, and shut some stuff down, that's exactly what they do. It's hard to beat and keep a Patrick Mahomes and company from blowing up and running up the scoreboard. That's exactly what they did when needed to stop when it needed to stop, they got to stop for the Cincinnati Bengals. But just the relationship between Jackpot Joey and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Atala and Boyd and the offensive line and Joe Mixon. Man, right now, at this point in time, they're my underdogs, the Cincinnati Bengals, all because of Jackpot Joey.
0: I love it, Ike. And one of the keys to the game is going to be this, is can that Titan secondary slow down Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Boyd mm-hmm. Higgins and company in the passing game? Titans ranked 25th in passing defense, allowing about 245 yards per game through the air. Also, Joe Burrow sacked 51 times this season. He's as tough as they come, but can the Titans get an effective pass rush against him? That's really my key to this game. Going back to your point about Deonta Foreman as well, 4.3 yards per carry on the ground, Ike. so he's done a great job filling in for Derrick Henry. No one's going to fill the void in the big shoes that King Henry has, but he's done a nice job for the Titans this season. I'm going with the Titans, Ike, and here's why. Titans under Mike Vrabel in four years as a head coach in Tennessee, they've not only gone 4-0 and off a of bye, they've won those four games by more than 20 points per game. And I think that the Titans are getting healthy at the right time. Even with Derrick Henry on a limited pitch count, Julio Jones is healthy, A.J. Brown is due to play, Henry only played eight games this season. Uh, Jones played nine. Brown played 12. And the reason why I think Mike Vrabel deserves coach of the year is he's filled in despite those star players offensively not playing on the field all that much. And to piggyback off this as well, one last point, the Bengals have lost multiple players on the defensive front who make a difference. I'm talking about Larry Ogunjobi. I'm talking about Trey Hendrickson. Ogunjobi is definitely going to be out. Hendrickson will see if he can clear concussion protocols. For all those reasons, I am taking the Titans at home, coming off the bye as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home.
1: Um, I can't, and here's why. When it comes down to this playoff ball and you need a score, you can go with Ryan Tannehill or you can go with Jackpot Joey. I've seen and I've seen all the opportunities Ryan Tannehill has had i seen opportunities when he when he's had a healthy Derrick Henry and when he had a few good receivers. Don't forget, Corey Davis is just as good as Julio Jones as his latter end. Julio Jones ain't Julio Jones anymore. A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. He's, he's a dog as well. So, basically, you just swap Corey Davis for Julio Jones. That's the same body type. That's the same kind of receiver. So, same. So, when it comes down to, to game time and clutch time, who are you going to like? Are you going to like Ryan? Tannehill or you gonna like Jackpot Joey I'm messing with Jackpot Joey all day because i seen with a healthy with a healthy Tennessee Titans what Ryan Tannehill could do and that was nothing now I'm looking at what Joe I'm looking at what Jackpot Joey can do and I have more confidence going with Jackpot Joey than Ryan Tannehill at that quarterback position
0: like I know you love your matchups, but I cannot believe what I'm hearing from you right now. Because last week I mentioned how I like the Chiefs to come out of the AFC, and you shook your head and you're like, "Nah, Titans have this as the one seed." And now you're picking the Bengals over the Titans on the road as underdogs. Unbelievable! I know, I know, though. I know you're big about your matchups, though. So I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm just looking at the matchups, Mark. Unbelievable. I cannot believe it. Okay. We will go to the next matchup 49ers and Packers. This is going to be at eight 15 Eastern on Saturday night and Steelers fans hear me out here, Courtney, turn the video machine on because this is going to be a breakout video. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We are San Francisco 49ers fans this weekend. If the 49ers upset the Packers and Aaron Rodgers becomes disgruntled with green Bay and the front office and the struggles And what I mean is the postseason struggles that Rodgers and the Packers have had for season after season after season after season. Remember Rodgers only Super Bowl title was against your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Ike, we are all San Francisco 49ers fans this weekend. Ike, because I want to see Rodgers disgruntled. I want to see him. I want to see him as the Jeopardy host on like an interim basis this offseason. Ike, because if the if the 49ers upset the Packers, those conversations, it's going to be like adding gasoline on fire. If Bosa
1: get, gets cleared, I think the 49ers have a chance. If Bosa don't get clear, I think it was Bosa and Wagner. If them two guys get cleared and Wagner's healthy number 54, the inside linebacker, who's the heart and soul for the San Francisco 49ers. If them boys come back this week and they're ready to roll against the Green Bay Packers, they will beat. Green Bay Packers. If they're not ready this week, they're not going to beat the Green Bay Packers. But I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers just as well as I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals. Them two teams are my underdogs and the reason why is they're playing bully ball. And I trust, I don't trust Jimmy, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do put all my trust in Debo Samuels, I do put a lot of my trust in the Bosa, and I'll put my trust in Kyle Shanahan and his attitude and his shabbiness and his dogness when it comes down to that. The Green Bay Packers is more of a finesse team, you know? So we're going to see when the referees, again, leave their whistles in their locker room and they say, man, don't look at me for no holding call. Don't look at me for no hit below the knees. Don't look at me for nothing. We left everything. We're going back to the old school. It's pitch-up tackle. So y'all got to get it how y'all live. This is the grass jungle in the NFL. Get it how you live in the playoffs. We will see if the Green Bay Packers have that mentality
0: or can match the physicality of the 49ers. Nick Bosa was one of two players absent from Tuesday's practice because of a concussion. He s- suffered late in the second quarter of the 49ers wild card win, Ike. So we'll see what happens there. Only one of two players absent. The other player didn't participate was defensive lineman jordan willis and that's because of an ankle injury ike but again this is the game from a Steeler standpoint i am watching the closest now the packers just barely beat the 49ers earlier this season they won 30 to 28 and it took a 51 yard field goal from mason crosby to get the win and I'm, I'm going to put this out into the world Ike. mason crosby's been an incredible kicker for the packers for years he has struggled the season. He has missed more, more than he ever really has as a kicker. And so if it comes down to a late kick that he needs to make, Probably. I'm just floating it out there. I'm just floating it out there from what I've seen this season. And despite all of this, the Packers are still the number one seed. Now, another storyline I'm looking at is these two head coaches, Matt LaFleur and uh, Kyle Shanahan. They spent some time together in Washington from 2010 to 2013. And then in Atlanta in 2015 and 2016, but they were a little bit salty earlier this season because I know the 49ers called about the availability of Rodgers. Both of them tried to downplay it, but the camera tells all. And after that game, the way that they shook hands at midfield bike, that coaching rivalry, two guys who used to be very, very good friends, it it was not a very genuine embrace after the game earlier this season, something I've got my eye on come Saturday night. I I cannot wait if you can't tell. I'm fired up.
1: Whoever gets the first pick in this ball game will win this ball game. That's my
0: prediction. One other thing, too, with this game. Your guy Debo Samuel, he's invented a new position. Not a wide receiver, not a running back. He is now a wide back. Eight rushing touchdowns during the regular season. And if you look at from week 10 and on, He's gotten more targets in every single game except one from handoffs compared to targets as a receiver. I love how the 49ers are utilizing Debo Samuel, and I know that he coined the phrase wide back, but really, Daryl Patterson with the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Smith really started to do this. I don't know if they took a page from Arthur Smith for what – they were doing with Cordero Patterson for the first time in Patterson's career. And he's been to the pro bowl as a return man. Many times. It's the first time in Patterson's career. He's had more than a thousand yards of from the line of scrimmage. And so I think the 49ers are utilizing Samuel in the same way. And they might've started a new position, a new trend in the NFL, the wide back position. I, I love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just messed my head up with that one. I like I like that. I'm going to start saying that as well. So go ahead and let your boy borrow that right quick.
0: One other thing, too, which I think will be in Green Bay's favor, the weather at Lambeau Field, Ike, on Sunday. It's going to be a high of 15 degrees by the time we get into – excuse me, Saturday night. By the time we get into Saturday night, too, it's, it's going to be awfully chilly there. So that home field advantage in the cold, you always mentioned playing in the cold, I think goes in Green Bay's favor. Um, you mentioned that you'll pick the 49ers if they're fully healthy. I am going to pick the Packers to win this game. But, I, again, I, I am, I've am i got my fingers crossed. I'm doing putting all the good juju out there. Let's get a 49ers upset. Let's get a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers. Can get him out of the NFC North Division and bring him to Pittsburgh, Ike.
1: I'm going to stick with the 49ers. Don't forget, it's cold in that Bay Area. It's a different kind of cold. Like I tell people who come from Pittsburgh, and it was like, what's the temperature down in Florida? I'm like, man, it's sitting about 43. they was like, oh, man, it's good. To actually get down here and they see that wind biting, they're like, oh, man, it is a different kind of cold. I said, man, I'm trying to tell y'all, it's a different kind of cold in that Bay Area. I've been to that Bay Area a few times. Even though the temperature might say 35 to 40 degrees, it's still just as cold as it is in Green Bay
0: Packers sitting over there in Wisconsin. All right, Ike, we'll get to Sunday's matchups here in just a second, and we've got Rams and Bucks. So this is going to be at three o'clock Eastern Time Sunday afternoon on NBC. Bucks are a three-point favorite. Now I know these two teams played all the way back in September, and the Rams took care of business at SoFi Stadium, a thirty-four to twenty-four game. wasn't as close as that score indicates, but this was a much different matchup considering like the Rams didn't have Von Miller or OBJ. Uh, also, the um, the Bucks played without Jason Pierre-Paul, without Antonio Brown. That was the game Rob Gronkowski had to leave with a fractured rib injury. Uh, Jamel Dean also left with a knee injury in that game for the Buccaneers. So much, much different between now and when these two teams played in September. The key to me, Ike, is going back to injuries. The status for the Bucks offensive line, Tristan Wirfs, one of the tackles, the first Bucks lineman ever to earn All-Pro status, and then center Ryan Jensen as well. A pair of Pro Bowlers who both have ankle sprains that they suffered in the Buccaneers' win in the Wild Card round over the Eagles. Right. That's kind of the looming question mark that I have ahead of this game between Rams and Bucks.
1: <laughs> oh man, this 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 is like this is my tough one between the Rams and the Bucks, because the Rams can get after Tom Brady. And that's exactly exactly what they did the first time. Then Aaron Donald said, you know, he respects Tom Brady a lot, but it's time for a new era. So they're feeling real confident over the, over the Rams. It's just what Matthew Stafford I'm going to get. I know what I'm going to get with Tom Brady. I know exactly who I'm going to get with Tom Brady. But um, I'm gonna go against the grain on this one. I'm gonna rock with the LA Rams. I'm gonna go with the L- I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the LA Rams on this one because I'm looking at their defense. I'm looking at Vaughn. I'm looking at Aaron. I'm looking at the secondary. I'm looking at how much pressure they're gonna put on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just looking at the matchup wise. And even though Playoff Lenny will be back. Vaughn has or was unbelievable last week, the running back against the Philadelphia Eagles. And all-time Brady needs some time. He don't need a big name receiver at all. Well, on this one, man, I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Rams. OBJ, he's gonna get more one-on-one matchups. Uh Cooper Cup and company, you know, Cooper Cup, he's doing his thing. Uh Jefferson, he has been a a, a highlight for the LA Rams. And I think now, you know. Uh, Sean McVay, he gets it now, and he got exactly what he wants. This is just going to be on Matthew Stafford. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going
0: to roll with. Ike, are we – could this be Tom Brady's last game? No. You think nah. he's coming back nah. in 2022 regardless?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think Tom's. I think next year will be his last year. I, I think he's saying, okay, I won it last year. I'm going to try to win it this year. If I don't win it this year, I'm going to give one more opportunity, then I'm going to hang it up.
0: Okay. Okay. No, the reason I ask is, like, he's 44 years old, which obviously everyone knows, but during the regular season, led the NFL in passing yards, had more than 5,300, led the league right. in touchdown passes as well with 43. I'm going to go with the Bucs, like, and maybe this is because I, I picked the Eagles to upset or at least to cover – the eight and a half point spread in the wild card round. And I absolutely got burned. Uh, Sunday is going to be the first time that the Buccaneers have played back to back home games in the playoffs since 1979. So it's been a long time since the Buccaneers have done that hosted back to back home playoff games. I'm going to go with the Bucs. And again, I think that is also, and I'm going to put this out there, contingent upon watch the injury report with Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen. If those two guys don't play, I think that's a definite advantage for the Los Angeles Renan Zyke. Yeah, I'm going to the other Rams. Okay. Okay. Final matchup, Bills and Chiefs. And this, to me, might be the best actual game because it's, other than Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who wants to have supremacy of the league between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? And the big question I have is, can the Chiefs deep stop Josh Allen? had 300 passing yards and 66 rushing touchdowns in the win, the blowout win in the wild card round against the New England Patriots, a Patriots defense that allowed fewer than 18 points per game. It wasn't even close. Now remember the bills and the chiefs played earlier this season as well, all the way back in week five on October the 10th, the bills won that one 38 to 28 and the bills have been building for this, trying to figure out how to beat the Kansas city chiefs get a rubber match as well on the playoffs now, Ike. I cannot wait to watch this one. And of all the games I'm most excited to watch, just purely in terms of football, it's this matchup on Sunday night.
1: It's, it's a, this is another tough one, Mark. Golly. Yep. Yep. This
0: two, Chiefs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Ike. I'm with you. I, 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 <laughs> I turn things over to you because I want to see what you have to say in terms of a pick because I could be swayed either way.
1: The reason why I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills is because they added a new dimension to the offense, and that's letting Josh Allen run the ball. So now it's truly eleven on eleven. Uh, let alone Gabe Davis, um, Cole Beasley, uh, who the Emmanuel Sanders, um, Who's they start receiving. Um,
0: Stephon Diggs.
1: Stephon Diggs. Like they 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 just got the juice. So they're really letting and coach and the OC really telling Josh, hey, if you don't see nothing, run it. You're, you're 6'5", you're 240, run the ball. Get out of bounds if you need to, slide if you need to, and if you feel like it's a point in time in the game where you think you got to run a DB over, run his ass over. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I think that's going to get the Buffalo Bills because that's what happened against the New England Patriots. Josh Allen got that team fired up by running the ball, and from that point on, it, it was just like a no-brain. It's like, okay, yeah, Patrick Mahomes—he can move. He has weapons. He had Hardman. He got Cheetah. He got some studs over Travis Kelsey. He got some studs, but he's not trying to run the DBO. He's trying to scramble to run to throw the football. Can he run? Yes. It's a different kind of attitude when you see Josh Allen running the football. And then you got Singletary. Singletary Little Mighty Mouse, he's waking up. He's talking smack to a lot of defensive linemen. He's talking smack to a lot of linebackers. He got that, y'all got me effed up mentality. Just because I'm small, y'all think I ain't built like that. You saw that against the Patriots. So yes, I'm rocking with (laughs) the Buffalo Bills on this one. And we ain't even talking about hide and seek. If you throw the ball, Anyone in this area, code, high and seat, we'll Peter Pan you and pick that thing off.
0: I really wish Tredavious White, the Bills cornerback, were healthy in this game. A Pro Bowl, all pro corner who's out for the rest of the season. Ike, the Chiefs have made some great adjustments, though, defensively since week six, tops in the league in points per game. And offensively, they've cut down on the turnovers and they've adjusted to the two high safeties. So, One thing I wanted to ask you before I make my pick, Ike, is from a defensive standpoint, we saw what Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles did in last year's Super Bowl to slow down this Chiefs' offense. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Chiefs have adjusted and know what to do now when facing two high safeties. Right. Other other than I mean, I think I know where you're going to go with this in terms of trying to keep Mahomes in the pocket. But what would you do to try to slow down this Chiefs' offense?
1: I don't think the Buffalo Bills ain't going to try to slow him down. I think the Buffalo Bills is cool with a shootout because of Josh Allen. That's exactly how I feel. Um, I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers had to have a different kind of ingredient game plan because of their quarterback situation. But with the Buffalo Bills, like, okay, we can go touchdown for touchdown. Y'all got Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) We got Josh Allen. So I think the defensive plan, if I'm a defensive coordinator, yeah, I'm going to try to contain them, but I ain't really tripping because I know what I got on the other side. His name is Josh Allen.
0: All right, Ike, I'm going to go with the Chiefs because they are my Super Bowl pick, so I'm going to roll with them until uh, they at least fall off. They've been much, much better early on in the season. And, i I remember when we were talking earlier season, it's like, are the Chiefs even going to make the playoffs? And they've been right. much better since then. And I think they figured things out. 42 points against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that, look, Steelers' defense isn't perfect, but it's a pretty stout defense. I mean,
1: 42 it, points. points. Don't forget, they had a pick, and they had a fumble recovery to the touchdown. So the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense didn't give them any help whatsoever. Yep,
0: absolutely. So I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one. It's pretty much a coin flip game, give, two and a half points.
1: If Allen, a defensive touchdown and the pick, they're going to run the scoreboard up. That's, that, that's, that's what I do know.
0: Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Ike, that's a full podcast. That is a full episode. I want to give a shout out to you. You're the absolute best. Your analysis, (laughs) spot on. Again, a psychic, I would argue, as well. I want to thank the Believe Podcast Network for the opportunity to host the Believe in Steelers podcast. Ike, a lot of great other shows on the Believe Podcast Network as well. So go and check out the other shows on the Believe Podcast Network. I want to thank... The folks over at Brinks TV our producers, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz. They make us look fancy, Ike. They make this show look good for you, the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Today's sponsor, betonline.ag. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast, Ike. We're nearly to 1,000 subscribers. We're going to get there before the Super Bowl as well. So we are almost there. The growth we've seen on this show and people... You know, continuing the conversation in the comments, we're going to bring that more and more into the show in the coming weeks. Keep rocking with us too, Ike, because throughout the duration of the playoffs, I know Pittsburgh's no longer in it, but we're right. going to continue to cover the playoffs as they continue on. And it all starts this weekend in the divisional round, too. I, I'm really, really excited because Steelers are going to have a lot of changes between now and the start of the 2022 season. But we're going to get some really, really good football because the wild card round, a lot of the matchups kind of got out of hand. We're really, really going to see the best of the best. And it starts on Saturday this weekend.
1: Viewers, make sure y'all tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune into the Believe It's in this podcast with Mark and I. And make sure y'all give us a five star rating. Got to give a big shout-out to BetOnline.ag. Got to give a big shout-out to Brinks TV. Another shout-out to Believe Podcast, the family and all. Got to give a major shout-out to my dog, Mark Bergen. But, yeah, man, make sure y'all tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about what we got going on for the Believe in Steelers podcast. Not only do we talk about the the Steelers, we just talk about all 31 other teams as well. So we're well-rounded. Make sure y'all give us five stars, please.
0: Five pieces, you like to say, Ike. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, Taylor. I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you on Monday to break down all the playoff action. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace.